This is Retails, Conversations with Profit Protection, the podcast that talks direct with retailers about all things loss prevention, with your host, Nicole Smith. Did you know that the Profit Protection Future Forum is the only not-for-profit industry body promoting the interests of retail loss prevention professionals in Australia and New Zealand? Hi there and welcome to the show. On today's episode, I'm talking with Josh Gatt, Group Risk Manager at Forever New. Josh has worked in the fast fashion space for 14 years, always specialising on the risk aspect in the industry. And at Forever New, is responsible for traditional loss prevention, safety, operational risk and strategic risk. Josh is also on the steering committee for the PPFF. It feels like ages since I've seen you, Josh, so thanks for coming into the studio today. No problem. Thanks for the invite. There's been a significant growth in the footprint of Forever New since around 2010. And now you've got stores in New Zealand, Singapore, Canada, India, South Africa. So setting up LP functions in those countries with different laws to what we have here in Australia, I'm guessing is quite challenging. So I'm glad you're here so I can pick your brains about what what's involved. So you must have seen some serious change in the business, in the Forever New business, from when you first started to now. So can you talk me through the Forever New story? Absolutely. Forever New is forever changing. Um, It's probably the most challenging part of the business, but it's also the part of the business that keeps you there and keeps you engaged. There's always something happening. There's always something new, a new market, a new stream, uh, and it really does just keep it interesting. So I joined start of 2011 Um, we were primarily in Australia had opened a couple of stores in New Zealand Um, and in the two to three years uh, preceding that um, there were plans to open Canada Singapore Mm -hmm. Um, and then there were already partnerships in place from a joint venture aspect in India South Africa Um, so yeah I mean that's been the 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 journey from there. So what did your LP department here in Australia look like when you first started? When I joined, I started in a regional role based in New South Wales. Uh, Cathy Smith was the National Loss Prevention Manager at the time. And we also had Douglas Pobjoy, who I was based in Sydney with. So there were three of us. And we were directly overseeing maybe about 70 or 80 stores. And very quickly, um, we grew to a team of about five or six. How many stores did you have then at that stage? When we grew to five or six? Yeah. Company-owned stores, which is Australia, New Zealand, Canada, Singapore. We probably hit about 120. Um, So the challenge is the team are based in Australia. Mm -hmm. But we manage those international markets remotely. Okay. Seeing as you've had this growth, uh, especially between the Australian market, we've seen Forever New grow locally and now internationally, have you had to change the LP structure to keep up with the growth? Currently, we've kept the structure central to Australia. So our our team are based in um, Melbourne and Sydney. Mm -hmm. Um, Occasionally, we've had resource in Brisbane and we travel internationally and and we really focus on managing the relationship with the the retail team 
in the international markets. We're getting to a point now in some markets. So for example, Canada, we're opening more stores. We are venturing into the concession space with Bloomingdale's in the US. So that requires a resource in that part of the world. So that's where we're headed now. But I was going to add in there. So with your LP function in other countries, is it the store manager that's responsible for loss prevention or do you have covert teams? Do you have uh, loss prevention coordinators or anything like that? So the team specifically now as it stands, we've got a senior retail risk manager who's based in New South Wales. He oversees the, um, the two other retail risk managers one based in Melbourne, one based in Sydney. And between those guys, they partner with the retail teams in Singapore, Canada, New Zealand. And when I say the retail teams, primarily with the business manager or regional manager, country manager, but also have direct contact to the store managers. So we're very much hands-on. There's no, there's no covert teams. Um, we adopt a proactive approach so I don't like to spend too much time being reactive mm-hmm. I don't use investigations as a KPI of how effective we are I think it's the opposite actually the more investigations we have on the less effective we are time should be spent in coaching you know, and developing our store managers and, and regional managers Um, in all things risk. I feel like it would be hard for you to manage Singapore or Canada, what goes on over there from here. Mm, Singapore, no. Singapore, you don't don't need anything. (laughs) (laughs) Very compliant country. Um, You do get the odd internal investigation pop up, but the consequences are just too great for most people to take a risk. Canada... Again, it's just about building the relationship with the regional manager so they have risk front of mind. Um, as I mentioned, we're, we're looking at um, potentially increasing our resource in that part of the world. And that that's primarily due to the fact that we have ownership over inventory, so we own the stock take process. So it just gets to the point where your footprint grows and grows mm-hmm. um, and you need the resource to keep up with your task-related responsibilities. So if there is an incident, a theft event that happens in one of the stores, let's say in Canada or or New Zealand, wherever it may be, um, how do you guys get involved? Is it just that you're kept in the loop of what's going on and you consult and offer advice as to how to treat that incident? Yeah, we we consult, we offer advice. We're not Mm -hmm. hands-on. And if if we've done our job how we should... The teams are well equipped on how to deal with that type of event when it occurs. We have a, a no apprehension policy. I don't think any shoplifters will be listening to this. <laughs> um, we put safety of our team members first. So we don't want anyone going and getting themselves in a situation they shouldn't be. Um, and if if there is an incident, they report it through and, and we deal with it. So what are some of the challenges that you face in other countries? Mm. I mentioned Singapore is not a major 
problem. Canada, New Zealand, the issues we experience here in Australia, they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Forever New, unfortunately, is a target of retail organised crime. And we see that in Canada and New Zealand as well. That's probably the most challenging aspect about not having actual resource on the ground. That said, we've still got CCTV where we can review, build briefs. Um, the challenging part then becomes engaging uh, police locally. So the ORC... Um, uh, no, start again. So the organised crime that happens within the stores overseas and even here, uh, is that bulk stock walking out the door and then you see it on eBay or Gumtree or... Yeah, we don't, like often, that. we don't often see it on eBay and Gumtree now. Oh, okay. So is um, it, where is it going? Markets or...? Markets, a, a few of the recent ones, the... Um, when the warrant is executed, they've got their their house kitted out as a shop or it's in the back of another shop in a suburb. Um, <laughs> I think I think for the most part, if they're smart, they've moved away from eBay and Gumtree because it, it's too easy to trace back. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that is another challenge with other countries is we don't, we don't know how they're on-selling it as well as we do here yep. because we just don't have that knowledge, that experience. And the retail operations team, and are they not getting the intel of where what what's happening? They can be helpful, but it's not the same as our industry. I think anyone in our industry understands who's who, where to look, mm-hmm. um, and where to where to find the the goods. So the theft events that happen in other countries are they similar to here or? Have you had any uh, interesting stories that you've gone, well, gosh, I've never heard of that before. That's not happened here. No, it is fairly similar. Oh. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing interesting there. Um, more, probably more just the response. When, I know when we have had uh, incidents in Singapore and it speaks to the consequences when you involve the police instead of turning up with one or two officers I've been there when they've turned up with about eight or ten and they're dressed like the military and it's a very swift response. Mm-hmm. So so the police response to to stores is quite good compared to other countries? Oh, the time... Or is that time frame the similar? The time frame wasn't any better, more just okay. the... the um, I don't know severity how, yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, vol- the velocity maybe <laughs> it was interesting and do you have any other challenges that uh to manage stores overseas to manage teams overseas is there anything that that you look at and go yeah it would be much easier if i had a lpm over there that i could talk to and and to get all that intel and Obviously, it would be easier, um, but whether it's necessary, I don't know, and that's probably the question. Um, As I said, we focus on our relationship with the retail team, and even me, I consider myself a retailer. We we rebranded from loss prevention to retail risk a couple of years ago, and that's primarily because I consider our team to be retailers, 
who just focus on the risk aspect. We're not security. We're not ex-police. We don't react. Mm-hmm. We have a proactive approach. We work with our stakeholders. We have the same common goals. Um, everything we teach and train our store managers is focused on service and, and and looking after the customer. And I think if you do that right, then you remove the temptation and opportunity for for theft for the most part you've still got the organized retail guys who come in and are are more adamant in what they want but again if the team provide good levels of service there's no opportunity do you have a problem with uh fitting room theft i know i know other retailers it's a one of the prime places for and whether that's here or overseas, to steal things is, you know, getting it into that fitting room and... Yeah, we do. I think every retailer does. It's a it's a go-to space for amateur shoplifters, yep. kids who don't really know what they're doing. Mm. But when we return a bad result or we're hurting a little bit, it's because of the organised retail crime. Mm-hmm. If we keep those guys under control and out of our stores, then we don't generally have a problem. So do you think at the moment they're under control? Or will they be ever under control? <laughs> They'll never be under control. <laughs> I believe the trick is making your brand a harder target than other brands. And I've been lucky in the sense that while our team has been relatively small in terms of resource, the business has allowed us to recruit quality Mm -hmm. so we've got some currently got some great team members and previously worked with some great operators who know how to manage the organized retail crime groups so what what measures do you put in place to reduce or deter the orc from stealing it for revenue is it just layer upon layer upon layer whether that's Merchandise protection on items, whether that's CCTV, EAS. Yeah, there's all the tech mm-hmm. um, that helps. Obviously, it won't do the trick completely. Mm-hmm. And you know that because you pull CCTV footage of them doing it. Yep. So you know it doesn't stop them. I mentioned earlier, we have a big focus on coaching and being proactive so I think that's where it starts. You need to educate the team on what to look for and, and how to deter it when, when these groups come in. But then also having the ability to identify that it's happened and reporting through the right level of detail. And then when it gets to our team, being aggressive in having the offenders dealt with through the police. Because I think if you're passive, if you're a passive brand... Mm-hmm. And there's no consequence for for these groups. They'll continue to come at you and pick on you. If you get to the point where they're, they've been arrested and charged and they're sitting in court and they're watching footage being played back of 15, 20 offences at Forever New and they're the charges that stick, that's where they'll think twice about coming back to your brand. Yeah, totally agree. So can you share any future plans um, of what Forever News doing locally, um, internationally, particularly from a loss prevention aspect? From a loss prevention or retail risk 
(laughs) Profit protection. (laughs) The name changes all the time. (laughs) Uh, From a footprint point of view, um, we have just opened up some concessions in Bloomingdale's. Mm -hmm. And I know um, there's some plans to see which markets we can we can enter through that um, concession environment. It's very exciting. Yeah. Um, Is that Bloomingdale's in New York? Yeah, so there's six six coming up. Mm -hmm. We've opened two or three. So they're in New York, uh, Boston, and L.A. Okay. Um, So testing each each side of the country. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's very exciting. There's some more stores in Canada coming. Yeah, there's a lot happening. So does this mean that we're not going to see you for a while? (laughs) (laughs) Back on a plane? (laughs) No, not this time around. I think we've um, rebuilt our team and... We've definitely got the the resources to get out there in the in the other markets, and, and I'll let I'll let those guys deal with it. <laughs> so, Josh, you've made it to the final countdown. So, the last three questions: Number one, if you weren't in retail, what do you think you'd be doing? What do I think I'd be doing? Or what would you want to do? Yeah, what's What's the dream job? I think, like everyone, we just fall into what we do. So. I'd, what do I think I'd be doing? I have no idea. What I'd like to be doing, something in sports administration. Okay. That'd be fun. Yeah. Only because I'm a bit of a sports nut. Any sport in particular? I love my rugby league. Mm-hmm. Um, horse racing. Mm. As a jockey? <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Definitely not a jockey. <laughs> Not even a jumps jockey. (laughs) If you could change anything in the industry, what would that be? That's a hard one. I'm not sure. I think just the recognition and, and growing the industry. I know when times are tough in the retail industry, it's obviously the cost centers that everyone looks at first, and that's where organizations make cuts Um, so it would be trying to make our functions more add more value Mm -hmm. and be less expendable Um, that's what we're trying to do at forever new with the transition to to risk management okay Um, so not just being that reactive lock them up security guard Mm ex-copper but add more value commercially I think um, a lot of the retailers are moving away from uh, having ex-police in their LP teams. I know 15, 20 years ago, a lot of the retailers had ex-coppers all, you know, that was their whole LP team. Mm. And it was very much an interrogation and, uh, you know, put them away. And And I think it probably worked back then. And you still need that to some extent now. I mentioned earlier you need to be aggressive with the organised retail crime groups. That type of personality, they're the ones you need out there mm-hmm. chasing them down. Um, and there's, I think there's always a place for the ex-copper or security guard. And I certainly don't want to upset anyone that may be listening. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think for the longevity of our industry, um, we, I think we have to be more proactive and more commercial in our approach. Do you think it's important that uh, loss prevention or... or, or um risk managers (laughs) retail risk managers have a retail background it helps to understand the business i think it helps yeah 
And your advice for anyone wanting to get into loss prevention? I give this advice all the time, actually, because I think you've got to be patient. I was relatively lucky I caught some good breaks um, at the right time, but it is a small industry, Mm -hmm. um, so it can be hard to break into. You do have to be patient. I can think of a couple of occasions of um, people coming through that I have either managed or mentored, and they got sick of waiting and went on to do something else and have been successful. But after they made that decision, it was only a matter of months later that the opportunity they were looking for came up and they missed out. Yeah. So I think you do have to be patient um, and, again, be aggressive and go after what you want. Good advice. Josh, thanks for coming into the studio today. You have done an incredible amount of work in a very short space of time to get things up and running for your stores in other countries. So good job. (laughs) Thanks for having me. If you'd like to get in touch with Josh, you can find him on LinkedIn or you can reach him via the PPFF website. You can subscribe to this weekly podcast via iTunes, Google Podcasts and Spotify. And there's a link to download episodes and show notes on the PPFF website. This podcast is proudly brought to you by the Profit Protection Future Forum. It is written and produced by Juliet Woodward and myself, Nicole Smith, and is kindly hosted by Wooshka. In the next episode of Retail's Conversations with Profit Protection, I'm talking to another PPFF committee member, Matt Dick from David Jones, about conducting store-based investigations. I'm sure he'll have some good tips in order to get the desired outcome so an investigation can be completed efficiently. I hope you'll join me next week so we can keep talking all things profit protection. Thanks for listening to Retails, conversations with profit protection. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe via iTunes, Google Podcasts or Spotify. If you want to find out more about the Profit Protection Future Forum, head to ProfitProtection.co or find us on LinkedIn. Drop us a message on info at ProfitProtection.co with feedback on our show.